Before we get to today's OBR Film Breakdown podcast, a quick reminder to you out there about the $100 in free bets being offered by America's number one sports book coming to the Buckeye State right around the corner as gambling hits. That's FanDuel. They're offering OBR Film Breakdown podcast listeners this $100 in free bets by using the promo code OBR. Again, $100 in free bets. Just use the promo code OBR. So as the year winds down, you're getting ready for you know, the turn of the, uh, which will still be football season, which will, which will be lovely, you know, getting ready for the turn of the new year, which brings legal sports betting to the state of Ohio. The OBR is partnering with FanDuel uh, for the rest of the year to give you an opportunity to get those free bets. Again, $100 in free bets using that promo code OBR. The usual stuff is in line here. You have to be 21 or older and be present in Ohio. The bonus is issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. That's again, 1-1-2023. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So now let's get over to the latest episode of the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast, presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Jake Burns. This is your Friday episode. We have a great episode here with a ton of insights, not only on the Miami Dolphins, but we also have a really fun new segment we're going to do a couple times this month and next month with Henry Ettinger, who's going to do some betting advice for us as we get ready for the go-live Dayton, Ohio, for FanDuel and sports betting statewide. So we'll shift first, though. I have an interview here with... Um, Mike Oliva, who who does a great job. He is the managing editor, lead columnist, and podcast host at DolphinsTalk.com. This is a fascinating team. The Browns have not gotten with the Dolphins for a pretty decent amount of time. I think the last time these two got together was 2018. And uh, we'll go through that with Brad Ward on your game day preview in terms of the all-time history of the matchups between the Browns and Dolphins. But it has been a while in this Bernie Kosar Bowl, uh, you know, as, as Bernie obviously played for both franchises. So uh, I want to talk to Mike about uh, really a ton of things. The culture change in Miami, it's, it was a tumultuous offseason, but has led into a uh, some roster decisions that were made that have really launched this offense and some of the key parts in this offense, and then obviously talk about where that defense stands as well. So let's get over to our interview now with Mike. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Mike, welcome into the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's let's dive in quick on your dolphins. So so talk to me about the state of the franchise now, ten weeks into the year, what everything's looking like, how it's shaping up, and like how it's going against expectations ahead of the season. Uh, I think the team has met every expectation and kind of surpassed it. Fans of the team are very happy right now. Obviously, if they didn't lose their quarterback there for about three games, I think a lot of fans think we'd be uh, we'd have a few more wins. But he got hurt and he was out a few weeks, and that's sort of when we uh, sort of fell off track. But overall, six and three. This team has won every game that Tua has started and finished. He's played. He has uh, far surpassed every fan's expectations and looks like the player that he was when he came out of Alabama and the offense, which for Miami has been a trouble for like 20 years. They've had just a bad offense um, is sort of clicking on all cylinders right now, put up on putting up a lot of points, a lot of uh, chunk yardage plays, and it has been fantastic so far. The other side of the ball has been a little bit of a struggle, but when you're scoring points like this, you can get by when you're struggling on defense. Yeah. Talk about Mike McDaniel. So he arrives, takes over a tumultuous, cause I, I mean, I don't know if Brown, how much Browns fans know, but you know, the, the, the stuff that happened in the off season between Flores and between the, um, you know, the Tom Brady dynamic thing that happened there that cost a pick and all of that. Fill everybody in if you can real quick on what sort of happened in the, very briefly what happened in the off season and then sort of, dive into how Mike McDaniels helped seemingly change the culture just nine games in. Yeah, here's sort of a Cliff Notes version. Miami 2019 hires Brian Flores. That offseason, Tom Brady's still under contract to the Patriots, but the Miami Dolphins owner-in-waiting, who's already been approved by the league, is close friends with Tom Brady. He invites him on a yacht, tries to talk to him, and, hey, your contract's up after this year. Why don't you come to Miami? Brian Flores goes, I don't want him. Why he doesn't want Tom Brady is a whole other story. He don't want him. So that story just falls away. He goes to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, they're talk- they are talking to Tom Brady again while he's in Tampa, under contract to another team. And when Brian Flores was fired, for reasons unrelated to that, he was fired because he couldn't hire an offensive staff. He kept firing assistant coaches left and right. Yeah, they won games, but it was chaos behind the scenes because he might not be a head coach. He might just be a very good coordinator. When it comes to head coach, he couldn't put together a staff. He didn't like to be questioned, and he ran it like, you know, it was his way or no way. Uh, they let him go, to, and that's when he filed lawsuit. And his lawsuit was that they told him to lose on purpose. That part of the lawsuit was shot down and said, we have no proof that that actually happened. But in the research and in the findings of your claim, we did find out that the Miami Dolphins tampered with Tom Brady, and also they tampered with Sean Payton this past offseason as well. So we're going to take away a first-round pick. So what 
Flores claimed was found not true, but in the process of that um, research they did in trying to find his claim, they found something else, and that's what got the Miami Dolphins in trouble. Mike McDaniel has been fantastic so far. Offense, he's turned it around. I mean, obviously when you add people like Hill um, to the offense, it's going to improve, but just beyond that, he's found a way to work with this quarterback. He has an offensive staff and an offensive system that works in 2022, the modern-day offense, and in previous years, Miami's always had like an outdated or an older offensive philosophy that's sort of behind the times. Now they have a modern offense with a quarterback who's making plays, weapons, and they are very aggressive in throwing the ball down the field. He's been fantastic. Now, in-game decisions, he's had a couple wacky ones so far. Um, But overall, you can live with it when the team wins more than it's losing, and the fan base loves Mike McDaniel. Yes, yeah, it certainly seems like there's an all-in attitude going on there, and, and we can talk about that offense. You, you mentioned Tua. Obviously, Tua's playing the best football of his career, but but talk to us about the element at Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, what they bring. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious what they bring, but I think it's always good to hear from the source and just how much it's opened up things and made life easier for Tua. And then talk about some of the pass-catching weapons that maybe are not as well-known who are finding the field and making some plays. Yeah, so last year, Waddle was there, but he was literally the only, what you would call, threat in the passing game. All the other wide receivers, I could say their names. You've never even heard of them before. So when you add Hill into the mix, who's a future Hall of Fame wide receiver, um, prior to him even arriving in Miami for all the stuff he did with the Chiefs, it opened up everything because he is such a threat with his speed to score on any play. Teams have no idea how to cover him. So... Tyreek and Hill, they're not getting most of the passes. They're getting almost all the passes because with this offense, this Mike Shanahan-style offense that Mike McDaniel brought, it is you have a a fullback on the field the majority of the time. you got your tight ends in the block. You're throwing out your wide receivers to make all the plays. So tight end Mike Gusecki this year, who in previous years has seen a lot of passes come his way, He's only seen one or two passes per game on average so far this year. Cedric Wilson, who they signed from the Cowboys, has seen almost nothing. I mean, he's been a non-factor. Um, nice to have on the team, but he sees very little in the passing game. Trent Shearfield, who uh, was from San Francisco, you might see one pass a game. Literally all the passes. And I'm not joking. If you look at the stat sheet, they all go to Hill and Waddle because, A, with their speed, they can get open versus anybody. I don't care how good your corners are. They're getting open. It's just a matter of fact of how open they're going to be. And when they get the ball in their hands, they can just make plays. But I think a lot of fans who might not watch them, I mean, offense each week thinking, well, they're throwing short passes and those guys are just making long runs after the catch. Actually, no, they're like last in the league with that. They are attacking down the field. And when it comes to yak yardage, they're one of the lowest in the league. They, it, they are moving the ball in the air, down the field with long passes. And it's been fun to watch as a fan. It's been enjoyable to watch of a longtime fan of this team who's seen the bad offense for like 20 years now. But it really is the Hill and Waddle show. They throw to the running backs a little, but it's mainly them. They each get, you know, seven or eight, nine, ten receptions a game. And I've been saying on our show, if you like to gamble a little, bet them individually over receptions and and over yards each week because they've hit it almost every week. Like, if you just like to gamble a little, take Tyreek Hill over receptions, do like six and a half, seven. He's getting nine or ten a game. Yards, it's like 
67, 77. He's getting like 90 or 100, 120 a game. Same with Waddle. They are just killing it each and every week. And until a team can find a way to cover them and stop them, I don't think it's going to change. It's, it's a formidable threat. One that I, as I watch film of Miami, I'm, I'm certainly cognizant of like, this is unique. I mean, it's, it's, it's the unique strategy that's paid off for them. And it's, it's creating life that's it's really creating life that's the easiest for a quarterback across the NFL. And I, I don't think that that's a knock on Tua. It's just he's just created he's in a situation where the speed threat changes everything about coverage and how the Browns are going to try to manifest some sort of plan for a secondary that has not played that well at times will be will be extremely interesting for me to watch. You talked about running backs hit on two things for me. Um, who's who's getting the bulk of carries now? I know they made a key trade and then talk about the offensive line and how they're playing this year. Yeah, Raheem Mostert was getting all the carries, and he still is the quote-unquote number one. They added Jeff Wilson uh, from San Francisco after San Francisco obviously added Christian McCaffrey. They didn't really have a need for him anymore. And he came in last week, and he actually led Miami in rushing. I think he had like 5.7 yards per carry. He scored a touchdown on a reception. So I think starting this week and moving forward, it's going to be more of a balance of a 50-50 timeshare, which is what they wanted to do. Raheem Mostert, prior to coming to Miami, was very – injury prone and you don't want him on the field too too much you sort of want to limit his work so he doesn't get hurt as he does have a knack of getting hurt but Chase Edmonds who actually played very well weeks one two and three dropped a touchdown week four against Cincinnati and I've never seen this before since that drop of a touchdown where he was in the end zone wide open easy catch he fell off a cliff it's like his confidence was shot and he was never the same player so they moved on from him and Wilson last week showed a little pop showed a little burst so it probably will be a 50-50 timeshare now moving forward. Offensive line is very simple. When Teron Armstead plays, and he, he missed like a game and part of a game. When he plays, the offensive line is adequate. When he's not on the field, it's the worst offensive line in the league probably. It just, it's a house of cards that falls apart. But Armstead's so good, he changes how the rest of the line plays. Now, their left guard, Liam Eichenberg got hurt. He's, he's out for the season. It, you never want to see anybody get hurt, but in the eyes of a lot of fans, that's probably addition by subtraction because he was playing very poorly. So with him not being there, they might have actually improved at left guard. Right tackle, Austin Jackson. I think he played the first game of the year, and that's it. Um, no word if he's going to come back. Even if he does, he might have lost his job. So they're playing with the backup right tackle, but he's actually played somewhat well. He's sort of come on the past few weeks but it all revolves around Teron Armstead if if he's on the field the offensive line is probably middle of the pack but with this offense and they're getting rid of the ball so quick that's kind of all you need yeah let's switch over to the defense then Uh, I think you've you've really crushed the offense in terms of explaining it and giving everybody a feel for where their strengths are and what needs to happen so defense who's running the defense actually you know what um I forgot about this Josh Boyer uh running the defense as the DC is an alma mater of my college here in Ohio Muskingum University that's funny How's Josh doing um, in his first defensive coordinator opportunity? Long-time run with the Patriots. So curious how he's doing. And then uh, we'll start up front. Talk about the pass rush and interior guys. Yeah, this has been sort of a frustration point for a lot of the fans of the Dolphins. Because last year, that side of the ball carried them. Because they started off 1-7 last year. And then they went on a streak where they won the rest except for one game. And a big reason they won is because they were just shutting teams down and shutting down opponents. And you couldn't move the ball on them last year. This year, that's not the case. Everyone's moving the ball on them. And they brought back every player pretty much. And they've added, obviously, someone like Chubb this past uh, week or two ago. 
so it's a frustration. Like, why isn't it working? Some people think it's because Brian Flores was very involved with that side of the ball and he's no longer there. And that might be a valid point if you look at just the results. I mean, that's you you can't just brush that aside, but it's been a struggle this year. Um, Emmanuel Agba, who they paid a lot of money to in the offseason to hold on to, $60 million contract, half of it fully guaranteed, has done nothing this year. I think he had one sack in week one, and that's it. I know he's a little banged up, but he has done absolutely nothing. He hasn't missed a game, so he can't be that hurt. He's done nothing. Jalen Phillips has come on in that he's wrecking havoc out there, but it's just not showing up with sacks. He's got a ton of quarterback pressures, and he's chasing down a lot of ball carriers, blowing up plays. But if you look at the if you just look at the end of the day, he's not getting any sacks, which is kind of you kind of like a few every now and then. Um, so, and obviously they had a chub here, so we'll see. This will be only his second game. He didn't do much last week per se. He had, he had a couple of nice plays, but that was about it. Into now, linebackers are an issue, and the linebackers last year weren't any good, and three or four of them were free agents, and they resigned them all which left a lot of fans sort of scratching their head. But they were going to run it back on that side of the ball saying, yeah, they might not be a strength of that unit, but we played pretty dang well, so let's bring everyone back. At linebacker, Andrew Van Ginkle is very good at sort of getting after the quarterback. Melvin Ingram, who's been around a while, started off the year red hot, and he was getting a lot of sacks. He scored a touchdown. He was playing great. He has sort of slowed down the past few weeks. Jerome... Baker, who's their best linebacker, um, good, good player. I don't know if he's anything more than good at this point. And there's just not a lot there. So you can attack the linebackers in like the passing game, and they have sometimes have trouble tackling some weeks. Um, so the, like the pieces are there, but for some reason it's not clicking this year. Now, at any week, this, they could flip a switch, and that front seven could click, but – I think the other part of it is when we get to the secondary, that's where the story of that side of the ball is. Yeah, that's the the thing they like to do is something, at least back in the floor, is they were blitz heavy, man heavy, blitz heavy, and they would get after you. Are they still doing that? I mean, there's still the talents. Avon Howard's still out there. Obviously, you know, several talents on the in the secondary that matter. Javon Holland, the guy that I used to love during draft cycle, like, just talk to me about what they're trying to do in the secondary and how that group is performing. Because the Browns do bring a unique passing attack that is, uh, you know, heavily play action based and can can really hurt uh, DBs who sort of are, are lulled to sleep trying to defend the run. Yeah, so here's pretty much the tale of the whole season for Miami is their secondary. That's how this team was built. They have Howard on one side and they had Byron Jones on the other and. Jones hasn't played a game all year. He's and he probably might miss the entire year. It's starting to look like at this point, although that's not official. And what they would do is because those two guys were so good, they would put them all by themselves on an island and let the other nine guys run around and and just make plays and just do crazy blitzes because they had no fear that those two cornerbacks could just handle stuff on their own. And even Nick Needham, who they put in the nickel, was pretty good there they would let him just like they could just let their corners line up man to man and just let everyone else do whatever the heck they wanted blitz here crazy scheme here this and it worked you take jones out of the equation 
and everything fell apart because they don't have that second quarter. Nick Needham got moved over to the other corner and was doing well, but then he got hurt last month, and now he's out for the year. And they've also lost Trill Williams' last preseason game, who was a young up-and-coming corner. He's out for the year. Then they signed Mackenzie Alexander the next week. He played one game, and he's out for the year. They've lost four or five corners. And then they just lost their safety, Jones. He's out for the year. So they are down to, like, they got Howard and they got Holland. That's kind of it. Everyone else, you're talking third stringers. Guys are just project players. Now, they have found, they got a little lucky, and they had an undrafted rookie that they uh, signed, Cater Kohu. He has sort of come out and played well, and he looks like he might be a nice little player in this league here for years to come, but he's an undrafted rookie, and he even missed a few games. He was hurt, so he hasn't been healthy. Eric Rowe is sort of taken over for Brandon Jones at safety. He's all right. I mean, he ain't nothing special, but the secondary is banged up, and I think where a lot of these teams have had success against Miami is just throwing at them because you can throw on them all day. And even Howard, as good as he is, and for the past two years, he's been the best corner in football. He has struggled a bit this year and hasn't quite looked like the same player. I mean, he's still great. He hasn't just looked like lockdown great. Like, don't even look at his side of the field, which in 2020 and in 2021, it was that. If you threw the ball anywhere near him, he was going to pick it off. Well, this year he's gotten beat a couple times, and he hasn't looked – there's just a lot of injuries back there, and they're putting it together with tape at this point. And they're not going to be able to fix it this season, but I would expect – the Browns and pretty much every team on Miami's schedule to just look to throw on them the majority of the games moving forward, because there's just so many injuries. It's almost too much to overcome. Yeah. I think this, this definitely is a game that tilts toward high scoring. You know, the Browns might not have the prettiest uh, set of tools that to create points, but when you consider how well they run the ball and the timely stuff that you can do, you know, with Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones and some of those guys off play action, they've been as efficient as, you know, any offense in the league that relies on a non-running quarterback. So they do create uh, some downfield plays. They do create some frustrating 10, 12, 13, 14 play drives. I'm sure that will be the game plan as they try to keep this dynamic offense off the field. I smell a team, two teams in the 30s in terms of points, maybe a similar score to last week with Chicago, just in terms of what this could look like. I'm curious... Mike, as we separate here, what your thought is on this game, what, kind of how confident you are, and if you have any prediction here early in the uh, process. If you're going to beat Miami, you better be able to score, and you have to keep up with them because, you know, the Pittsburgh game was his first game back after the concussions too. They kind of struggled in offense a little bit, but since then they're putting up 30 points pretty much every week. And if you look at the first part of the year, like the game against the Ravens and stuff, they put up a ton of points. If you're going to beat Miami – you better be prepared to score at least 27 or more, and then you better hope that Miami kind of shoots themselves in the foot on a few drives. This is a big-time offense right now who's getting chunk plays in yardage. Last week's game against the Bears, if you look at the the game on paper, Chicago had, you know, nine play drives, 10 play drives, 11 play drives. Yeah, they scored at the end of those drives, but it took six, seven, eight minutes. Miami's drive. Four plays, two minutes. Six plays, three minutes. And they all ended in touchdowns. They, When they get the ball, 
they score. And it's not just against the Bears. You can say, oh, it's the Bears. They stink. They did it against the Lions, who I know also stink. But they've done it pretty much when he's played. They've done it every game. They just score, and his offense is just rolling right now. So if you're going to beat Miami, yeah, you better be prepared to score 27 or more because they're going to get theirs, and it's all about can you get yours and then make a couple stops and slow them down or maybe hold them to a couple field goals on drives. And I think that's going to be a lot of Miami games here moving forward. And, and obviously the Browns have the weapons to do it, and I think they have a quarterback who's probably going to be a little motivated since he was in Miami last year. Um, and they obviously moved on from him, so he might be motivated as well to have a nice day. Yeah, it should be a fascinating game, Mike. I, at least I hope. We deserve to see a pretty good football game. The Browns are coming off the bye. I think Miami's more talented overall, especially in key areas, but uh, Browns off the bye and some of that stuff. You never. And it's just a weird NFL season, but, but again, it the is. hope is just for a really, really good game because that's uh, that's all we want. So, um, also, listen, something Mike, else to consider. Yeah. One more Go thing ahead. to consider. The heat. It's going to yeah. be hot down there. It, I mean, it's not going to be hot like September hot or even October hot, but it's still going to be hot. And we've seen this year a lot of teams on the road come down there and just wilt under the sun, especially when the games are at one. We saw it with the Bills. They were just melting on the field. Literally, they just couldn't even stand up by the end of the game. Minnesota won down there, because, but, they, but by the end of the game, they were like shot. They had nothing left. A lot of teams come down there for those 1 p.m. starts, and they melt. I don't care if you had a bye week or not. You can't practice for that type of heat. The Patriots tried. They had no chance. So yeah. the heat is sort of the X factor. you got to keep an eye on this, too, is are the Browns ready for it? I totally agree. I will say, oddly enough, it has been um, unseasonably warm up in Ohio for the last, like, two weeks when it's normally – into the early portions of November is down in the 30s and 40s. It has been in the 60s and 70s. Not that that matters when you go into the humidity of Miami, but at least yeah. the Browns aren't full-on acclimated to the cold yet. But yeah, man, that is a huge X factor we will all be paying close attention to. Among many other things, as Mike has done a fantastic job of pointing out, we so, so much appreciate your time and insight, man. And hopefully it's a, uh, a great game on Sunday. Absolutely. Get ready, Ohio FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook's coming to the Buckeye State. We've talked about it many times. We're going to keep talking about it. And the beautiful part of coming to Ohio for FanDuel is that you get $100 in free bets as long as you sign up before the go-live date. All you have to do to get that $100 is plug in the promo code OBR, right? Plug in the promo code OBR, download the FanDuel Sportsbook top-rated app. It's safe, secure, easy to use. Ohio, it's your chance to get in on the accent, so join today with the promo code OBR. You must be 21 years or older and present in Ohio. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. Again, that's 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And listen, we are ready to launch... What I think is going to be an awesome segment over the next few months, we're going to do a couple this month, a couple next month, where we provide you with some great insight. I'm going to be joined by uh, Henry Ettinger. Henry is a content manager at Blue Wire, does a great job with that, has been around the Cleveland market for a while, did the Rebuild podcast for a while, also has done fantastic gambling work at Hedging Henry on TikTok. Listen, this TikTok thing, Henry, I, I, it's over my head, man. Tell me what you're doing <laughs> over there and tell me why it's kicking butt. 
Yeah, um, sports gambling has always been a big passion of mine. I, of course, love the Browns as well, but, you know, transitioned over to doing that and it's blown up and TikTok's a wild place uh, with the algorithm there. You can get discovered a lot more easily than some other social media platforms. So got a got a big following with my NFL betting. So excited to uh, to talk about it in the Brown specific content today. Talk to me first about how weird of a betting year it is. It feels like the NFL is just strange in general. It's like yeah. we, I mean, my, myself and as you know, Jordan Zerm, your former rebuild uh, uh, colleague is we do like weird game outcome rankings every week because it's like you just can't believe some of these outcomes every week. So, yeah, talk about the uh, landscape of NFL betting this year, how weird it is, and then give us a little overview of Browns Dolphins. Yeah, two big things happening this year. Underdogs, especially single-digit point underdogs. So, you know, games that Vegas expects to be within a touchdown or so are winning at an incredible rate this year. Uh, It is very surprising, and not shockingly, that is correlated with the fact that unders are also hitting at an incredible rate. So all of the, you know, these games where they think, hey, the favorite's going to blow them out or, or, you know, they'll win by at least a score – that's not really happening in the NFL this year. Uh, and Vegas hasn't fully been able to catch up, which is unusual. But, uh, you know, they, they keep lowering the numbers and they still keep going under and uh, the, these underdogs still keep winning. There's been a ton of weird results this year, which, of course, you see in the records, too. I mean, teams like the Jets were projected to win five games all year. They've got six wins already. So, yeah, it's been a wild year. Been a wild year. So, Browns, Dolphins, this one has a chance to be a shootout. This is obviously yep. going to be our... OBR Film Breakdown, presented by FanDuel, our parlay of the week. So talk to me about what is catching your eye here on Friday. I know it's a little early on Friday. Uh, there could be some shifting that is done between now and Sunday, but things that catch your eye and you think are good money plays for Browns fans. Yeah, I, I and I promise it will not be this way every week. I actually usually don't like betting on the Browns, but I love the Browns in this spot. It's, it's actually my favorite spread bet of the week. Uh, it's in part because... The Browns record-wise, as everybody you know, listens to this podcast knows, uh, should be better uh, than what they are. And public perception of the Browns is probably lower than the numbers actually indicate, especially on the Browns' offensive side of the football. And on the flip side with the Dolphins, public perception is a little too high right now. Uh, they should have more losses than they do. I mean, you look at a six-point win over the Steelers, a four-point win over the Lions, a three-point win over the Bears. Those aren't exactly a, a row of juggernauts. So I would say – in any parlay this week, include the Browns plus three and a half. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, that's going to be the first leg of the same game parlay for me. Uh, I think Joe Kobe Brissett's going to have a huge game here. Uh, this Dolphins secondary is terrible, as I'm sure you've talked about uh, on the podcast. So I'm going to go with a Jacoby Brissett alternate line of over 220 passing yards uh, for my second leg. And then I want to get in on some Nick Chubb action. I know the Dolphins run defense is you know, has some positive indicators, but I'm going to go with Nick Chubb to score a touchdown in this game. As you said, I think it's going to be a shootout. So that should get you, you know, probably between plus 350 and plus 400, depending on when you're listening to it. Um, and that's a nice little fun parlay to get your weekend started. Yeah, I love it. So a reminder to everybody out there following Henry, remind everyone, Henry, where they can find more of your bets, not just those involving the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, uh, I'm at Henry underscore Ettinger on Twitter. And then you mentioned it. I'm at Hedging Henry on TikTok. So, yeah, cover all the uh, the NFL games and uh, can definitely build some more fun parlays and also some good straight bets out there, too. All right. Thanks to Henry. Thanks to FanDuel, guys. We appreciate uh, all of Henry's insights. Continue to check him out. He'll be on this pod occasionally here over the next few months, providing, looks I call it free money in your pocket. So take advantage. We'll be right back. 
All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's podcast. I appreciate Mike and Henry taking the time to give us insights on the Dolphins and some opportunities to make money on your football weekend. I like that segment with Henry. We will try to do that as often as we can, especially as we're all getting excited about what's to come at the turn of 2023. So shout out to FanDuel, our presenting sponsor. Appreciate them. Appreciate you guys for stopping by, hanging out for this pod. And as it launches into the weekend, we will try to get something up tomorrow on some college prospects. So keep an eye out for that if you're interested on some guys that should be on your radar if you care about the Cleveland Browns draft. So everybody, listen, have a fantastic Friday. I appreciate you stopping by the OBR website, this podcast, and the Twitch when you do so on occasion. Again, thanks everybody, and go Browns.